The book of Revelation, chapter 17. Remember, chapter 16 ended with the seventh bowl of wrath being poured out by the angel at God's um, request, uh, direction. And so now we're, we kind of keep on with that theme of, of Babylon. Uh, verse 1. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came and spoke to me, saying, Come here, I will show you the judgment of the great harlot who sits on many waters, with whom the kings of the earth committed acts of immorality, and those who dwell on the earth were made drunk with the wine of her immorality. And he carried me away in the spirit into a wilderness. And let me just stop right there. So we we see, so this, this Babylon is is the church. So we, we looked at the church in, in Revelation 12, and we see the church who is, um, the enemy is going after. The devil is uh, harrying. She's going through a difficult time, but we see a blessed people uh, springing forth from her. Here we see a different church. If you go back to the Old, um, Old Testament prophets, there was this picture of two women, uh, often Israel and Judah. And we had one that was, you know, much worse than the other. And so here we see a picture of the church in two different frames. We see uh, the, the, the church in 12 where the woman, you know, still needed to be reformed, but could be reformed. Here we see the woman who goes completely bad. So if, you, if I've ever talked about churchianity, um, the the church system, the spirit of religion that abides in the the various branches of the Christian church that has made it a religion rather than life in the spirit. This is represented here in this harlot. And just historically, if you look, when Protestants uh, went away from the um, from the Catholics, that was their understanding was that the Catholics were this, this, this uh, Babylon was the Catholic Church. Um, I would broaden that to, to include all denominations. There's, there's no, um, there's good and bad in, in all of these denominations. But the life of the Spirit is not contained in little sections that are good of the mixture. It's a completely separate kingdom culture. And God is going to raise up out of all of these people, the people, and we'll see that as we, as we read on, uh, people who truly want to live for him and follow him. And now this, this uh, Babylon may end up being a mixture of all world religions. And there may be one world religion that the powers on high, the beast, uh, the governmental powers uh, enforce. I, I'm just, you know, it, I, you could see it. I'm not saying that I have any understanding that that's correct, just that you could definitely see it going that way and you can kind of read it that way. You see the Pope recently going and uh, making deals with the uh, Sunni Arabs uh, that basically saying that there's just, that there's only one God and we just worship him in different ways. Well, that's, that's full-on blasphemy um, to say that there's another way other than Christ. And so um, you could see the world possibly going that way. I, I'm not sure. I'm not saying I have full understanding of these things, but I just give you things to think about and take to the Lord. So the angel tells John, I'm going to show you the judgment that's going to come upon this harlot. 
And, uh, you know, she's a harlot because she hasn't stayed pure to the Lord. She has gone off with the kings of the world. She's gone off with uh, other, the ways of the world, other governmental authorities. She's intermingled with them. And so she's not pure to the Lord. She's a harlot. Um, All those of the earth were made drunk with the wine of her immorality. And then he's carried away into the spirit. Did I read this part? Three, and he carried me away in the spirit into a wilderness, and I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast full of blasphemous names, having seven heads and ten horns. The woman was clothed in purple and scarlet and adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls, having in her hand gold cup of abominations and of unclean things of her immorality. And on her forehead was a name, on her forehead a name was written, a mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and of the abominations of the earth. Okay, so let's back up. So the seven heads, ten horns, we see different powers and authorities in in the earth. Uh, Purple and scarlet. She's got, um, you know, she's got royal colors on, much as the temple and the tabernacle had, uh, representing kinghood. She's presenting herself as kinghood. She's presenting herself as representing God. She's got the gold and the precious stones. But her gold cup is filled with abominations, unclean things, immorality. And she's described as Babylon the Great. And so Babylon, when it, originally, and we, we can go back and see, you know, Isaiah, Jeremiah, and others of the great prophets uh, talking about the same thing, this judgment to come on Babylon. And John picks up, and he's, he's very similar writing to what we saw there. That um, So at, at that time when they lived, uh, Babylon was this incredibly powerful country. Of course, it completely sacked two or three times. Um, Judah took away the people. And wow, that's a powerful image. You think about it. Babylon ta- took over the people of God, pulled the people of God out of the place God had set up for it. Now, now God... God required this, so let's leave that aside for a minute. But they pulled the people of God out of the promised land that God had established for them into Babylon. And so they became citizens of Babylon. And they learned Babylonian ways. I mean, the the, the words that we give to the months of the year and many other things come from Babylon still today in the in the uh, Jewish culture. The, you know, the, they became Babylonian citizens. And then, in order to fulfill God's purpose, they had to come back out of Babylon, come back into the promised land. It makes a really cool picture of what we see today in that, um, you know, God established through Jesus, through the original apostles, a certain way. But then the, the church has kind of over, over 2,000 years gone into intermingle with the ways of the world. And, and so gone back into Babylon, he's got to pull us out of Babylon into a pure, you know, into a pure promised land kingdom existence. Verse six. And I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the witnesses of Jesus. When I saw her, I wondered greatly. And the angel said to me, why do you wonder? I will tell you the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carries her, which has the seven heads and the ten horns. 
The beast that you saw was and is not and is about to come up out of the abyss and go to destruction. And those who dwell on the earth, whose name has not been written in the book of life from the foundation of the world, will wonder when they see the beast that he was and is not and will come. Here's the mind which has wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sits, and they are seven kings. Five have fallen, one is, and the other has not yet come and when he comes he must remain a little while the beast which was and is not is himself also an eighth and is one of the seven and he goes to destruction the ten horns which you saw are ten kings who have not yet received a kingdom but they receive authority as kings with the beast for one hour these have one purpose and they give their power and authority to the beast so the angel says to John, don't, don't wonder about these things, I'll explain it. And of course, the explanation is not 100% clear, but we can see generally what he's saying. So again, the beasts have, have generally, uh, going back to Daniel, represented uh, nations or governmental structures and authorities in, in the earth. Uh, really, an entire cult, culture, government, power, uh, I mean, they, they kind of control the structure of the world um, that we live in. And we see this power kind of like being and then apparently dying and then resurrecting and it's kind of amazing. And we see seven heads, so seven iterations of this thing. And, um, you know, this this might come to the just what the Lord showed me years ago out of Daniel, which is not this book, but that the U.S. is kind of the continual final ending head of the Roman Empire. Um, and so we, we see that, you know, they, at, at the time of this writing, they kind of called Rome Babylon because it was the greatest governmental structure of that time. And so using biblical language, they called it Babylon. And, um, of course that would be the U S today. Um, I'm, I'm not trying to put anything super negative on it other than it's just the controlling power of the world. And what are we? Are we to live for the world or are we to live for God and his kingdom? And so, you know, there's, that could point to these different uh, horns, etc. The different heads, uh, seven heads or seven mountains on which the woman sits. And they see seven kings, five have fallen, one is, the other is not yet to come. And when he comes, he must remain a little while. Then there's an eighth, he's one of the seven. And there's 10 horns, which are 10 kings, and they're going to go. So we, we see just different worldly powers and authorities here. And they have one purpose, to give power and authority to the beast. And you see that in, in countries, to, you know, all over the world. You see this huge push to have one in Europe. It's big time. They have this EU that it's not elected. It's not. And, I, and I'm not trying to say democracy is to be all and all either. That's not the kingdom of God either. But the European powers say that they believe in democracy and yet they have a European Union which has no democracy whatsoever. It's, it's power by these few elites to tell these other, all the member countries what they want to do. There's only a couple countries fighting against this a little bit. England got sick of it and left. But, but you see this idea, and they don't want to just do this in Europe, they want to do it all over. There's many in America who want to just hand over power to a, a governmental elite. And so, you know, it appears to me <laughs> that's a direction here, and, and maybe that's what's pointed to. 
14. These will wage war against the Lamb, and the Lamb will overcome them because he is Lord of Lords and King of Kings, and those who are with him are the called and chosen and faithful. And he said to me, The waters which you saw where the harlot sits are peoples and multitudes and nations and tongues, and the ten horns which you saw and the beast, these will hate the harlot and will make her desolate and naked and will eat her flesh and will burn her up with fire. For God has put it in their hearts to execute his purpose by having a common purpose and by giving their kingdom to the beast until the words of God will be fulfilled. The woman whom you saw is the great city which reigns over the kings of the earth. So the beast and the woman are waging war against the lamb and the lamb will overcome. He's Lord of Lords, King of Kings. And those who are with him are called, chosen, and faithful. So they're with him in overcoming these things. So there's some that are already separate from these things. And then what we'll see in the next chapter, there's some that will will come out later. And the harlot is over many people all throughout the world, you can see. And, and But then you see the beast begins to hate the harlot. And then make her desolate and naked, eat her flesh, burn her up with fire. <laughs> and so then the beast turns on the harlot. But those that are part of the beast are all the different horns and powers, uh, countries, perhaps uh, governments. Uh, they have a common purpose. They want to give their kingdom to the beast until the words of God will be fulfilled. And then it just says at the end, the woman you saw is the great city which reigns over the kings of the earth. Uh, so then we'll go to chapter 18, and it'll explain more. Verse 1, After these things I saw another angel coming down from heaven, having great authority, and the earth was illumined with his glory. And he cried out with a mighty voice, saying, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. She has become a dwelling place of demons and prison of very unclean spirit, and a prison of every unclean and hateful bird. For all the nations have drunk of the wine of the passion of her immorality, and the kings of the earth have committed acts of immorality with her, and the merchants of the earth have become rich by the wealth of her sensuality. So you can't separate today the powers of the world with, with, with this churchianity system. They're completely interconnected. And you see uh, judgment here. You see wrath and destruction coming upon these systems. And, I mean, this is just happening. The structure of the world has been built on, again, as we mentioned yesterday, this Tower of Babel idea that man can build up a world ignoring basic laws the world is built on and create its own structures to build up this tower to heaven. Uh, mankind has, <laughs> has done this and it is, it is being judged now. It's, it's falling apart right now. Um, we haven't seen utter collapse yet, but it's not far off. Verse four, I heard another voice from heaven saying, come out of her, my people, so that you will not participate in her sins and receive of her plagues. For her sins have piled up as high as heaven, and God has remembered her iniquities. So he's saying, people, come out this way that you're living, this worldly way, this mixture. You know, you, you're, you're saying, you believe that you're living for the Lord, but look how you're actually living. You're living for the world. Come out of her. Come into my kingdom, God is saying. So we see people coming out of this fallen, broken way into his, the fullness of his light. God says, I'm going to judge this system. You do not want to be in it when she's judged. Here's verse 6. 
Pay her back even as she has paid, and give back to her double according to her deeds. In the cup which she has mixed, mix twice as much for her. To the degree that she glorified herself and lived sensuously, to the same degree give her torment and mourning. For she says in her heart, I sit as queen, and I am not a widow, and will never see mourning. For this reason I am... In one day her plagues will come, pestilence and mourning and famine, and she will be burned up with fire, for the Lord God who judges her is strong. Okay, so she, this church system, you know, mixed with the the powers of the the world, of of governmental authorities, is going to be judged. And the degree that she committed uh, adultery, twice as much will come back on her. It says she lived for herself. She lived for her own glory. For sensuality, you know, immorality, not for the way of the Lord, but for herself, for her own uh, pleasure. And she says, you know, this 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 harlot is sitting saying, I'm a queen. I'm not a widow. So she's saying, I'm not, you know, Jesus who died for me. That, that's not for me. I'm not mourning Jesus. I'm a queen. Look how powerful I am. Look how powerful we are as a church. We don't need uh, to to die to ourselves as Jesus has. We don't need to go after that way. We are powerful. We are good. We have Jesus. We're all good. So God says this system, this way, all those who are in it will be burned up with plagues, pestilence, mourning, and famine. Plagues, we're in a plague right now, right? Pestilence, mourning, famine, burned up with fire. Uh, For the Lord who judges her is strong. And then verse 9, And the kings of the earth who committed acts of immorality and lived sensuously with her will weep and lament over her when they see the smoke of her burning, standing at a distance because of the fear of her torment, saying, Woe, woe, the great city, Babylon, the strong city, for in one hour your judgment has come. So we see this this fall is echoing throughout all the world. Everyone is just lamenting and there's great woes because the whole structure, the system that the world has has been ruled by has, has just been collapsed. 11. And the merchants of the earth weep and mourn over her because no one buys their cargoes anymore. Cargoes of gold and silver and precious stone and pearl and fine linen and purple and silk and scarlet and every kind of citron wood and every article of ivory and every article made from very costly wood and bronze and iron and marble and cinnamon and spice and incense and perfume and frankincense and wine and olive oil and fine flour and wheat and cattle and sheep and cargoes of horses and chariots and slaves and human lives. The fruit you long has gone from you and all things that were luxurious and splendid have passed away from you and men will no longer find them so he's saying uh, international trade has just collapsed so if you can imagine if the u.s dollar collapses which i put before you is going to happen um in in the whole world trade is based on that can you imagine what would happen to world trade we see just a collapse of the system and there's there's very little buying and selling going on because the infrastructure for all this trade has gone away. Well, think about how that affects your life. When most of your food comes from a thousand miles away, how does that affect you? When most of the goods we use come from China and all of a sudden that's not so easy to get, how does that affect you? Um, you know, we see a, a collapse of global trade here. And remember, when God judges these things, it's all for good. It's, he's doing this for the good of his people and for the world. Um, but, the, the, you know, there's consequences. That doesn't mean it's all pleasant and roses. It, that's never promised in the Bible.
Okay, verse 15. The merchants of these things who become rich from her will stand at a distance because of the fear of her torment, weeping and mourning, saying, Woe, woe, the great city, she who is clothed in fine linen and purple and scarlet and adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls. For in one hour such great wealth has been laid waste, and every shipmaster and every passenger and sailor and as many as make their living by the sea stood at a distance and were crying out as they saw the smoke of her burning, saying, What city is like the great city? And they threw dust on their heads, and they were crying out, weeping and mourning, saying, Woe, woe, the great city in which all who had ships at sea became rich by her wealth, for in one hour she has been laid waste. Rejoice over her, O heaven, and you saints and apostles and prophets, because God has pronounced judgment for her against her. Sorry, judgment for you against her. So, we see the system collapsing and people are just devastated because this system is all that anyone alive has ever known. And so what does this all mean? You know, they say, what city is like this great city? Everyone's just standing there looking at the smoke of the ruins saying, well, that was like, that was everything. That was the rule and way of the world. What now? You see how powerful this can be when all the people of the world say, well, what now? Everything I thought I knew doesn't make sense anymore. What does it all mean? That means there's millions and billions of people who are all of a sudden hungry for the truth of God because everything that they've laid their expectations on before has gone to ruin. It's a piling, smoking ruin. And then, and, and you know, he says, Rejoice, O heaven, and saints, and apostles, and prophets. Those of you who are in the Lord are not hurt by this because you're not living by the world. You're living by the Lord. And so, you're not hurt by these things. You, it's just the sad truth is most of Christians are half in the world and half in the Lord. Or, you know, maybe not exactly half, but whatever percentage. <laughs> and so the degree to which we're in the world is the degree to which we're hurt by these things. Verse 21, Then a strong angel took up a stone like a giant millstone and threw it into the sea, saying, So will Babylon, the great city, be thrown down with violence and will not be found any longer. And the sound of harpists and musicians and flute players and trumpeters will not be heard in you any longer. And no craftsman of any craft will be found in you any longer. And the sound of a mill will not be heard in you any longer. And the light of a lamp will not shine in you any longer. And the voice of the bridegroom and bride will not be heard in you any longer. For your merchants were the great men of the earth, because all the nations were deceived by your sorcery. And in her was found the blood of prophets and of saints and of all who have been slain in the earth. So we see this great destruction on this Babylonian system. And we see, and he says, there's going to be no more. This is the end of that. There's a new thing coming. When you look at, again, go back to Daniel's mighty visions and dreams. And uh, one of them was Nebuchadnezzar. One of them was his own or directly from God. But, uh, uh, you know, Nebuchadnezzar was of a great, powerful statue uh, showing the power of the kings. When it was given directly to Daniel by God, it was these ugly beasts. Either way, what comes after these things is God's kingdom, which is what we all long for the fullness of. God says, I'm going to do what I always promised I'm going to do. It's my purpose for mankind that I have a people that know me, that are transformed to be like me, that represent me to all of creation, that can be raised up as mature sons who know my ways and can share them with all creation so that we have a royal priesthood of kings 
the order of Melchizedek, all, all these things that the Bible points to. It says these things are coming. And so God's at work in both right now. Both of these things are happening. And there will be a great, you know, what it said earlier, it said all these things happen in an hour. Like some one day we'll see some swift action uh, to where there will be no denying that these things are happening. And that's it for today. God bless you.